All right, welcome to another episode of Inappropriate Earl. We're fresh off the heels of one of the most popular episodes ever with the lovely and talented Nicole Amy Schreiber. That's your Steinberg. I know. Oh, I thought you got us mixed up. No, no. Uh, I could never get you two. No, no, it's all good. You see what I'm dealing with already. I I can't even get to what episode we were on last week. That's why I wanted her on the show. I have a feeling that we're going to over-talk each other. We're going to just get nuts. Uh, This is my second cast member of the hit Oxygen show, Funny Girls. It's blowing up the the network. Uh, I can't name you another show on the Oxygen show, so... You know, but I don't think I'm their target audience. Uh, she is one of the cast members of Funny Girls. Last week was Nicole Amy Schreiber. This week, Esther Steinberg. The great Esther Steinberg. Who I thought was portrayed as the villain of episode one. She disagreed with me. Esther, welcome to the show. Hey. Here's why I don't think I'm the villain. I run a show. I... Give people opportunities. I support comedy. And I'm entitled to an opinion of who I want to be on my show. Oh, absolutely. But I think uh, given some of the parameters of reality TV, uh, I'm not saying Oxygen is doing this to you, but I think they like to have a, a villain, a someone who stirs the pot. Would you not say you... Uh, I keep my eye on the prize, which is stand-up. To me, that's like everything. That's like every ounce of my body. It's not about Tinder date. It's not like, how can I get my dick wet tonight? It's like, I want spots, and I want to be a comic, and I'm focused on my work. I'm focused on making my show the best show in town. And that's the kibitz room, Monday nights. Last Monday of every month. And I'm so excited that once upon a time I was frustrated because no one was putting me on their shows so I was like you know what I'm gonna make my own show and I went to canners and I was like please can I do a show here they're like absolutely not and I'm like come on and they were like fine we'll give it a try but stand-up comedy doesn't work here we're a music venue so I did it and they were like blown away I had Moshe Kasher on the first show he killed and and then they ended up I'm I'm on my two-year anniversary in May, and I am excited, and I do it with my sister, who's not even a comedian. Whatever. That if that is a villain. Well, no, I would think, uh, and if you watch the show, uh, it was more. But if you were booking some, you were booking anything. You were like, "Hey, Earl, I'm putting you in charge of booking something. Check out Stephanie," and then you watch the set that she did. Would you have put her on your show? I might have wanted a second look. I don't, I don't, maybe I come from theater school and I come from this background where my dad screamed at me and was like, there's no fucking crying in comedy that I'm just like, there is no, I don't know, man. I just, I, my mom's Israeli. My dad's a former comic. They're super tough on me. And I feel like I'm tough on myself and I'm tough on everyone that I love and care about around me. And unfortunately I just have that kind of mentality that's like, be great you're a comedian you've got five minutes that's it you can do it you know put your heart into it and i don't know that everyone in the cast i know that i know at this point like we've we've come a long way as a cast but day one of filming i was like 
What the fuck, man? Because you guys are at that point maybe acquaintances, not friends. Sure. I, I'm talking to you and the whole cast. Yeah, we're all acquaintances. And when I saw Yamanika, I was like, holy shit, this girl's amazing. And then I started learning about the other comics and I started seeing them. And I think that slowly everyone got better and more serious about comedy. But I can't help it. It's like a disease. I'm pretty like pretty obsessed. And I, I, I take comedy seriously. Maybe I'd be better off if I was chill. No, I'm not telling you how to act, you know. But let me ask you this. Do you think uh, Sal's Comedy Hole at the open mic is the best place to judge someone's comedy? Wouldn't you rather see them in a more... Uh, I a don't... I've never wanted to judge someone's comedy. But you have to if you're booking the show. I guess. I wish I... I, I, I wish I didn't have to. Like when you saw Stephanie at the end of that first episode, and uh, I've certainly bombed more than most comics put together. So, uh, well, I didn't understand. I I understand bombing, and I I feel for her, but I was just so uncomfortable, and I don't understand why someone has to lash out and call my sister a bitch, especially my. Si She's like, "Oh, you bitches! You should be ashamed of yourself." I'm like. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it was... What did uh, I do to deserve that? Well, I mean, I've certainly said things in the middle of bombing I wish I maybe wouldn't have said, but, uh, you know, I think it's maybe you guys on your cell phones in the front row. Do you think that... I mean, let me that ask was, you... That was... Um, I mean, I was highly uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know. I don't even think it's like a problem. But let me ask you this. If you it, let's reverse, if I could go back in time, I'd sit there. Okay, during that moment, I've never talked about this before. So this is breaking exclusive news. I've never talked about this, but I have to say that while she was on stage, she said that she puts out a plate of food for her boyfriend. For her boyfriend. Now I've had a joke for the past two years called the secret joke, which I explain the book The Secret, and I go into a really big act out. You can see the clip on Oxygen.com. It's about putting food out for my boyfriend. It's about half of my closet being empty. And these things that I talk about in The Secret, I wrote the joke, you know, it's been around for a while. And when she said that, me and my sister both like inhaled. And we were both like, oh, that's so similar to my joke. Now, she didn't go there. But there was a moment where I was like, you know, when someone has the same exact premise as you and mentions the same thing, she didn't go where I went. And we can both have similar jokes. We can both talk about interactive vision boards. Fine. I'm cool with it. But that moment and nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. But it was a moment where I was watching someone do my joke. And I was like, oh, shit. Have you approached Stephanie about this? No, we haven't talked about it. And I don't even care. They're different. When you first are hearing you're 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 perked up, you're like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I have a joke just like this. And then you finish listening and you're like, good. It didn't go where I went because my joke goes into like me being like, I have to explain to the guy coming over why is half your closet empty. And then I have to be like, because I've been waiting for you. I've conjured you. And I, um, I don't know. I do the whole act out and 
I do it with an Australian accent and I talk about Rhonda Burns who wrote it and then, you know, uh, Oprah made her famous. So I don't just talk about vision boards out of nowhere. I, I go into the to the background. But yeah, you, I don't think I've ever seen you talk about a dick pic vision board. So I definitely don't do that. My vision board is just Space Jam. Well, that's certainly different uh, than a dick pic vision board. No, but no, but there was an there was an interactive vision board which she puts a plate out for her boyfriend what? to hope to get one. That's almost exactly the concept. It's if there are like eight parts to my joke, it's one of the eight parts. Now let's get to this dude who I won't name. Uh, that is part of the controversy. I think the reason that it was so heated and so controversial was because I care about this person a lot as a human being and as a friend and as a comedian. And my heart was broken as a girlfriend. And so it was uncomfortable as I wasn't ready to be like, yeah, this guy's a liar. Now, you think uh, at the time, and uh, I know you probably can't talk about future episodes about what happens. Because uh, you're going to have to tune in to the Oxygen Network exactly. Tuesdays, 6 p.m., Funny Girls. But, at, you know, I think we can cover what's happened the first four episodes. Uh, you thought that they had possibly slept together or... Not she, at all. She, you thought she was trying to sleep. Not them. at all. So what did you think? Maybe I'm missing something. The only... There's a lot of things of like, oh, he was trying to sleep with me. Blah, blah, blah. No. We were dating... I'm the kind of girl who doesn't like I like to go be taken on dates and I like to be courted and I like to be in relationships and we're on that path and we're hanging out a lot together and it was great and then he comes home from the store and was like the comedy store yes and he was like mad and I was like what's going on and he's like telling me that he heard that I hooked up with this guy and a bunch of guys. And I was like, okay, uh, what? where's this information coming from? And I basically told him, this is who I had a relationship with before you. And this is a person I had a fling with before you. All, and I'm not saying all, but most were other comics. Right? I love comedians. Sorry, not sorry. You like who you like. And... I was like, what is this? Why are you mad? What is happening? Where is this coming from? And he said, Stephanie Sambari told me this information. And I was like, I don't know who she is. And I don't know why this person's trying to make me look bad. So I just didn't really address it, fixed it with him. We're hanging out. We're in a relationship. We're happy. Cut to, I'm on a show with this girl. And... People want to know why I'm like not warm and fuzzy. And I'm like, all right. And something really important happened, which was Yamanika in for real, 100% real, told me I need to face my fears slash my shyness or my inability to have confrontation because I'm a freak and I hate confrontation. She was like, you really just need to be like, yo, let's talk. What's up? So we did sit down on camera and we did talk and it was really difficult for me because she didn't admit to anything. And at that point I didn't even care. I just wanted to like plow through it. Cool. I'm not even with this guy anymore. Whatever. 
I don't even care if she was telling the truth or not at this point. I'm just completely over it. But it was a really intense conversation. And why did you guys break up? If we can, uh, you know, people want to know. know. I think that he, I have no idea. I, um, you still like him, don't you? I like him as a person. Um, I don't know. But I am a very like lovey person and I have a very big heart and I'm like super affectionate and I call people a hundred times a day and I text them a hundred times and I want fucking emojis. And that's probably really annoying for most 99, like all men. No, we love that stuff. I need to see like, I like that. And I think that maybe I was a little too clingy or I wasn't the right girl for him or something. And it's fine. But I, we broke up because I was um, playing on his iPad casually. All text messages go to his iPad. Oh, I know. And we were house-sitting, and I was, like, taking care of this girl's dog. And I read the text messages that came in, and it was him in the girl's house that we were staying at. And I'm good friends with her. And it was like, I don't know how to break up with Esther. She's going to be so upset. Like, I don't know how to do it. And I just went up to him, and I was like, all right. Um, were through like why and I just like got really I reacted and I got really upset but like he wanted to to end things I don't know I don't know let's ask him uh, we'll hey. get him on the season finale of Inappropriate Earl <laughs> I, wanna... I don't know why he broke up with me but so there's uh, maybe a chance of a reconciliation down the road I don't think so because he wasn't great for me well, well you like that uh Dude who did your SNL reel. I, I forget. He's not name. good for me either. But yeah, but you really These like are him. people that don't like me back. But you're attracted to those kind of guys. I think I'm just attracted to a, to a guy. Whether he likes me back or not never really concerned me. Is it sexually or emotionally? Both. It always has to do with their brains. It's never looks. But you're dating a great guy now, right? Yeah. And he likes me back, as far as I know. He's supportive. I won't say his name, but he is a great guy. He's cool. I'll just say this. His name rhymes with a car service that's not a taxi cab. He's no. great. He's he's definitely... It took a long way before he even wanted to acknowledge that I was his girlfriend. So for many months and maybe like two years he just didn't want he just wanted to be cash well it's tough dating another comic i mean uh i guess because you, you don't want other comics talking about you as a couple right i mean that's how i feel sometimes yeah i don't i'm very private like if you're dating comic a comic b is gonna oh, esther's boning this guy i hate that but that happens in comedy Mm-hmm. and i'm sure with the uh the success of the show, it, it's, you know, people are going to... Sometimes I look at, like, heroes of mine, female women, and they have had relationships with this person and that person, and it's like, you know what? Who the fuck cares? They just do their thing. Um, like Margaret Cho? Is that what Margaret Cho, Natasha Leggero, I worship her. She just does her thing. She dates... Someone she wants to date who's really funny, cool, good for her. I I don't think people look at her differently. And 
And I don't, uh, you know, Sarah Silverman's dated people. It's like, whatever. It doesn't take away from her. And anyone who wants to be like, oh, she fucked this guy. Why? What are you jealous that she wouldn't fuck you? Yeah. I tried. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. I mean, and plus I talk about this on the show where I'm like, I feel like all female comedians are like, the minute you start talking about them, it's not like this joke, that joke. It's like, oh, she fucked this guy. She fucked that guy. Hey, uh, do you think that like artists went through that? You think that people, all they cared about was like who Warhol was fucking? They don't really care about his artwork. They're like, oh, this is a, this is right here. This is the Campbell soup. He did a replica to, to talk about the, you know who he fucked. It's like, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, no, not for guys. Uh, but yeah, I don't like really being a girl very much. I feel like it'd be easier to be a guy because people are like focused on your work. Yeah, but it's hard. Just uh, there's so many guys that do comedy. You get lost in the number. I think it's better to be a female comic because if you're good, you'll stand out more. I don't know. I've um, I don't know. I used to work at a comedy club called Side Splitters in Tampa when I was like 16, 17, 18 before I went to college, and I was there for the comedians. And it's a really disgusting town, Tampa. And if a black comic was um, going to be there, it was 100% black crowd, maybe two white people. And when the southern, like, blue-collar comedy was there, it was, like, all, like, rednecks. And when the Hispanic comedy comedian came in, it was, like, all Latino packed. And when the female comic came, nobody was there. Well, but were they, like, I, I'm sure Sarah Silverman were at Side Splitters. It would... It was Lynn Coplitz, who was like phenomenal. Oh, she uh, was the. For those of you wondering who Lynn Coplitz is, I think she took over for Chuck Woolery on Love Connection. She's incredible. Yeah, no, she's great. She made me laugh so hard, and she was so encouraging. I was like working at the door, and I was like, I do open mics, and uh, and I think I did a guest spot for her. I don't know. I did guest spots for everyone there. I was really hungry. Well, you still are, though. That's, you know, I think one of the uh, misconceptions about being on a show is that people get lazy and, you know, you don't have to work as hard. But I saw you last Thursday night at a show uh, at, uh, I don't even know where that place, Hyperion Tavern. Yeah. And we were both grinding it out. And, you know, I'm sure some people were surprised. Oh, that's the girl from Funny Girls. What is she doing here? I had someone sign me up for rock paper so I can do rock paper, open mic at at 6. And I'll do the comedy store at 7.30. And then I'm going to the rap battle at the improv. And that is tonight. This episode will be out in about an hour. So for you locals who want to kiss ass with someone who's on TV, Esther will be at rock paper, which is an open mic on Sunset by the Guitar Center. And then she has a show, The C Word, at the Comedy Store, which is a very good show in the belly room. And then the rap battle at I'll the... I'll just be hanging out. Well, yeah, but you know, it would have been better if they thought you were going up. No. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what... I'm not... Am I funny enough tonight, today? Well, but this isn't about being funny. It's not... Like, this is more, like... Uh, along the lines of a talk show it, it's uh, listen i'm a tough audience i don't laugh at anything me neither so oh that's another thing i've lost my ability to laugh i watch people laugh and i'm like what i would do 
Well, I can't do it. You know, I just, if I think something's funny, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm, me you know? too. Uh, but that's probably why I, <laughs> like if I were, ju- if I was at Sal's Comedy Hall that night judging Stephanie, I, I would not have sat in the front row. I would have sat in the back. Do you think that I purposely wanted to sit? Oh, no. I'm, I mean, you know, uh, listen, I'm a huge reality show fan. But what I do like about funny girls, and since I'm a comic, I get the struggles that, you girls go through i go through it it's a little more real than most reality shows absolutely and i can only speak for myself to say that my storylines were fueled by real emotion real issues and the things that are on the internet there's like one or two people who cares oh that's fake it's like you'd be so shocked to know how real it is but it's very easy to just be like oh it's all fake I'm like you don't even know I don't think it's all fake. I mean, the I think, kibitz room. Yeah, we invented it for the show. No, I think that I think people might talk about you know maybe some of the storylines seem like they're not. Uh, prolonged. Let's talk about my storylines. Well, what do you like? What do you like from me on the show? What What do you want to see more of? I would like to see more of the vulnerable you versus uh, what I still believe was. Um, happens in a lot of reality shows is we need like i watch vanderpump rules mm-hmm. and, and like seems like they try and make some of those cast members like the villain the the pardon my word but the cunt uh i i since i know you stephanie uh, nicole i don't know the other girls although i met scout she was cool i'd rather see the real you and maybe that is the real you I'm I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how to separate myself and watch the show and be like, oh, that's me being villainized. I don't I don't know. But I don't mean I think you when I say villain, I think you. Uh, I was the head bitch in charge. Right. I don't mean it as you're a bad person, but I mean, any reality show is going to, I think, uh, try and portray certain people you know has the why, why does esther have such a bad light on her and the kibitz room is like the greatest light well because i think you're a strong personality you're opinionated and that i think falls into line with what the head bitch in charge should be that is true i am opinionated and i'm not and i think that it's great i like having an opinion and i i challenge everybody listening to have an opinion it's okay it can be an awesome opinion or a wrong opinion. I don't care. Just have one and talk about it. So many people, especially in L.A. In New York, everyone has an opinion and they scream it from the rooftop. Here, everyone's so afraid to step on someone else's toes to say this comedian's not good. Hey, guess what? Pol- Bill Burr used to tell me to polarize the audience. Half of them are going to hate you and half of them are going to love you. And that's how you get fans. You can't please every single person. It's like candidates for president. I mean, like you pick an extreme and all those you're going to get followers. I don't know what to say. All I mean is like. I'm fine with being an opinionated person and I don't apologize for that, especially as a woman where a lot of society is like, look cute and be agreeable. I mean, I could shut the fuck up and be like the most loved person ever. That's (laughs) what I do. Hey, Earl so good and you were so funny and can i just say i love thank you so much for having me and also like i i just love everyone i think everyone in the cast is amazing and i just like so grateful like that is a much more likable person yeah but that's a boring podcast 
I like um, you. My mom's from Israel, and my dad's a former comedian. Like when you say former comic, you mean over in Israel or no? Here? So my dad's from Tampa, and he has done comedy at the Comedy Store and the Cabbage Room. Can you say his name? Yeah, Michael Steinberg. Okay. Now he was a part owner of the Comedy Zone or Comedy Corner in Tampa during the comedy boom. He started, and then he went to law school and whatever because his parents put that pressure on him. But he came out to LA and tried to make it. He realized he wasn't funny enough. Went back to Tampa. This was in the late '80s. Owned a comedy club. Started with Simbad and Jeff. Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy before he was Larry the Cable Guy. He has like old tapes of all of them performing. And he was wacky and goofy and weird and um, really loved comedy and raised me on comedy and brainwashed me to be a comedian. I pretty much had no choice. I don't remember deciding to do comedy. I remember being forced when I was like 15 and I was going up like regularly at the clubs in Tampa when I was 17. And I invited all my friends from high school. I don't remember a moment where I wasn't a comedian. It wasn't. It was like, you know, forced on me. Were you the class clown? I was. But yeah, I was. I tried. I was always trying to be funny in class. And it was an easy audience. Tampa's easy. Uh, yeah, I think I've been there uh, with Rob Schneider. And the club shut down the week after we left. So. Uh, Thank you, uh, Comedy Zone, for the delicious food you gave us. What brought what now? When you you're in Tampa, did you have a moment where he's like, "I got to go to New York or L.A. to do comedy"? I was so obsessed with New York City that I felt like I was uh, just did not belong in Florida, did not belong in Tampa, and that I was a New Yorker. So I would put up posters of NYU on my wall and I'd be like, one day. My grandparents were like, that's crazy expensive. Don't go. You can't go to school there. But I went anyways. Yeah, but you come from a little bit of money, right? So Sure. I mean, I think you and I are the only two comics. Uh, well, <laughs> other than Dalia, who belong at Equinox. I mean. I like seeing you at Equinox because I'm like, who's that hot? Oh, it's a comic. Oh, it's Earl. Oh. <laughs> Who's that guy? You look good, and your body is nice. Why? Well, I, I thank you. See, this, I don't want you to compliment me too much. I want. You I'm to telling you the truth. I mean, most guys, I can't compliment them because their bodies are gross. So if I can like sexualize you and objectify you, like allow me to. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's rare that I get to. Well, every guy loves that. I mean, I remember uh, taking uh, abdominal classes with you, and I was like, this girl's hot, but. I didn't know if I knew you or not because I hadn't seen you in a while. Right. Because uh, I'm, at the time, I was a, pretty much a comedy store only guy, and uh, sure. you, at that time, didn't go up there a lot. I don't think. I have such a tumultuous love hate relationship, and by love hate, I mean like there's nothing more I want than to be given the great honor of being a paid regular. How does it? How does that feel? Well, I mean, in my case, uh, it. it uh, it was great. I mean, I, I cried when the guy told me, hey, you know, I've been. Exactly. Yeah. You know, 15 years without a lot of success, uh, you know, mainstream. So it was like a big deal for me. It's a big deal. Mazel tov. Well, thank you. Laheim. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, I. That's like having a baby to me. People, uh, you want a baby? I'm no absolutely no emotion towards babies. Someone's like, you want your name on the wall? I'm like. More than anything. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, 
I'm more into getting just the spots. Right. My name on the wall, uh, which I think happens in July or whatever. there's so many comics names on that wall. Oh, come on. And most aren't even in the business anymore. I, it's, I just want the stage done. Of course. But it'll probably be neat to see my... Oh, my God. There's, my name's right next to uh, Willie Tyler okay. and Lester. The most, the most important thing, come on, is that, is that parking spot. Oh, absolutely. Well, I got to park there anyway because, you know, uh, I'm a bit of an ass kisser, so everyone likes me. So even though I... I think you're extremely likable. Like, I've always liked you. Just as a person, I'm like, I like that guy. Well, yeah. I was, you know, my parents, and this is about you, so I don't want to talk too much oh, about Oh, me, okay. But, you know, my parents raised me, basically. Uh, we all shit out of the same hole, so we're all the same. Like, you know, I treat you uh, like I would if Bill Burr were there. I, I, treat, I treat everyone the same, which I think you should. I agree, but uh, I, I, the only thing that stops me from treating people the same is when my guard is up because... There's a darkness and there's just a history in my life of being like a little bit of a, I don't know how to describe myself. I'm a five foot three, 120 pound girl who has been propositioned for sex probably like uh, by every person I come encounter with. In the comedy world or just? It, It doesn't matter. I am, as a woman, I think some women love to get attention and they want to be looked at and hit on and I fucking hate it. I'm like, I'm a motherfucking comic. Don't talk to me like I'm a fucking tits and ass. That's not me. And I all of a sudden turn into a very defensive person and I wish I could just be a man and hold my dick and grow out my beard and just let my guard down. And I can't because of what has happened to me in the past nothing serious just you know it's like i i sometimes feel like it's a little bit predatory or i get or i get treated differently or i don't know if it's all in my head maybe i need to be in therapy but i'm a little but i'm a little i'm a little cunty about my personal space for one thing and being respected and if someone shows me respect i show them respect but I think that it must be a lot easier to be you. You don't ever feel like someone's trying to rape you, do you? Uh, well, uh, not. I mean, you know, I. Uh, do you feel like people push drinks on you because they want to get in your pants? Um, I can't say that. Uh, How many drinks would it take for someone to to like really? Well, I've never had a drink in my life, so. Really? I, and I. That's awesome. Or drug. Or I'm. Anything. I love sober guys. That's Which, my jam. Everyone everyone I talk about has been sober. And by jam, uh, she doesn't mean Josh Adam Myers. That's another comic. Uh, oh. Sober. Yeah, but uh, and great, <laughs> great dude. Um, <laughs> I'm outing all the sober comics. Well, there's not that many to out. I mean, you know, there's me. There's, just, the ones uh, I've, just the ones I like. Josh. My dude, my former dude. Uh, your dude now is uh, in the program, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And the guy that we fight, me and Stephanie, talk about is in the program. He's in the program. And uh, great dude. I'm obsessed with the program. I shop there for men. I used to go there JK. for chicks. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go to Cocaine Anonymous meetings at Cedars. I've never had a drug for either. those skinny hot girls oh, with the my God. nice Unbelievable. titties. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every whore in the city's there. And they're, they're That's real. so fun. 
I mean, I was pretty desperate at a certain point in my life for chicks. And, yeah, right. Well, I mean, desperate. Like, now I'm, uh, you know, a little smoother, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, my approach. But, you know, back in the 90s, I maybe wasn't as... Uh, Comedies, I'm sure you could say the same thing, has given you a great confidence in dealing with people off stage. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Something's wrong with me where I'm just a little like over being uh, alive. I want to kill myself. No, oh, you don't want to do that. I, uh, be I a great know. ratings bump for the show, though. I mean, I'm just I don't saying. know what it is about interacting with people if I'm the awkward one. Or if they are. Well, you probably, especially now that you run uh, a hot room, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, once a week it gets plugged on national TV. That's, it's, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it's it made the room hotter, right? The crowds are bigger since the show's on. Uh, yeah, it was really big, packed with fans of Funny Girls, and that was great. And I love people who are fans. Anyone who's like, I love Funny Girls. Like, I like, I do like a happy dance. I'm just like, yay, and I get really excited. But I think that I talk about comics. Like yesterday I was hanging out at the at the um ce the cellar, the comedy juice at the improv. Improv. And I was like, I don't know if I'm the, the awkward one. Well, I'm sure it's weird because the, you know, I've seen this a lot with comics who have a current show on TV. They walk into a room and people are like, "Oh my god, they're here." And they like someone to kiss your ass to you know, yeah, hey, can maybe. you give my tape to the oxygen people or whatever? Maybe. I did talk to Atel, which was nice. And he oh, was like, it's just a chapter. It's <laughs> the best. That's what he told me. He goes, it's just a chapter. Work on your jokes. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm in love with you. I love David Tell. He like, he was my like uh, idol when I was like a kid. I don't know why. Oh, he's the, but he's just like, he's, like what fifteen year old girl like can't stop watching David Tell? Like I was, I think that that is like why I'm a comic. I do have like a twisted brain where, like he he was definitely, while other girls were worshiping, Dane Cook. No, I was gonna say Britney Spears. No one cared about comedy. It was Tampa. I was a fifteen year old girl. They were talking about Spice Girls and Christina Aguilera, and I was like David Tell. Like, who are you? Why do you? Why are you doing this? I was a pink guy myself. Oh, oh, she's good. Well, because she's like a dude almost. Like she's like, yo. I want to be the pink of comedy. Well, anything's possible. Be yourself. That, I'm trying. But you are kind of like pink. I mean, you. Uh, do you think that I was like? Listen, I'm an honest kind of gangster on the show. I mean, I wouldn't say gangster. I mean, uh, what about that crop top? Well, oh, you oh, girls all look amazing on the show. I mean, uh, even it. that one scene where Yamanika uh, is—I <laughs> think it's a c upcoming episode. Like she's in like lingerie or something. Oh like, yeah, she Jesus, looks good. Look at her tits. She's beautiful. Um, and then the taller—what is the taller girl? Khalees. Khalees. She's a very pretty woman. She's really pretty. I mean, her boyfriend looks a little uncomfortable on camera, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, Orson is, uh, to me, so hot. But I'm wondering if, if he came across as just like a weird-looking guy. Well, he came across to me, and, and once again, I'm not the target audience for your show. 
I watch it because I know you girls, or most of you, so it's interesting to me. Right. Uh, as someone who's not really, uh, probably had to be coerced by her to, hey, just do this show with me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I need you to do the show. You're my boyfriend. You've got to be on it. Uh, well, I think that the relationship of me calling him a hundred times, that's literally how I had to do it. Right. Until he's like, fine, I'll do it. Well, I mean, he has a normal job and. You know, I, I think anyone of you girls who had a love interest or boyfriend or a booty call. I have another love interest coming on the air. You've seen him in the previews. Oh, well, I mean, uh, can you? Get, well, OK, well, you just have to watch the show. No, but, Ari Shafir. Right. Well, I didn't want to. Ari's the he's best. He's in the previews. And uh, he, he's a bit of a controversial comic himself recently. but And I think he's an opinionated human and... Everyone else, you know, I'm I'm cool with his opinions, and and at least he's doing saying something. And like, unlike a lot of people who are just like twiddling their thumbs and posting some link on Facebook about feminism, that it's like, why don't you write something? I don't know what it is. I have a problem with people not having opinions. I like opinions. I uh, you're almost and this could come out the this might come off as an insult, but it's not you. Could be seen as like a female Ari from the standpoint of you. You guys are uh, oh, opinionated, and I don't mean looks wise. You have to be careful when you compliment a girl. In a you don't way. have to be careful. Well, I think you do because girls are sensitive. I don't think I'm that sensitive. Certainly not are. about my looks. I disagree. Sometimes people. Okay, for instance, my sister and I are really like we're very close. She's my best friend. If somebody says you're fat to her, she is destroyed. But I can handle your fat. I can handle your ugly. If somebody questions my intelligence or my funniness, I get a little bruised. Right. But for her intelligence, she's a lawyer. You can call her a dumbass all day. It doesn't affect her. So it, it, I think that people have their buttons. And mine is definitely not appearance because I don't think that I don't give a fuck. I, I, I wish I was a fat man. Yeah. No, you don't. Trust me. You don't. Uh you know that tell me more about how i'm the female ari i like this well you're uh i think you say things and uh you i'm sure you care deep down but you know you don't care initially what people think you're like this is my opinion i'm gonna say it i think you know ari uh did the amazing racist videos and uh you know some might say you're crazy you've got all these national commercials airing he was in bud light uh ibm and he's doing these videos that were, uh, some might say, cro- not crossing the line, but straddling the line in terms of the... Certainly crossing the line. Well, um, yeah, he really like went there. But he didn't care. He no. said, I, these, this is what's funny to me. I'm going to do it. And uh, you We're know, all going to die. And then we can look back and be like, hey, I was really careful. And I got this and this out of it. Or he'd be like, I, w- I, was, I just did what I wanted to. Well, no, everyone's different. I mean, I was uh, recently offered to do uh, somewhat of a reality show on comedy, and and I, I turned it down because I just why? Um, I, well, they were gonna kind of uh, portray me as the rich kid doing comedy, and it's it's like that's I want to be known for my comedy, not my yeah family for sure. background, and it probably would have helped my career. I mean. From the standpoint of like he's got a TV, you know how this business works. If you're on TV, you're 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 gonna get better gigs because no matter what the show. Sure. I mean, uh, you Kate, build your audience. 
Yeah, but I mean, Cato Kalin gets shows because he lived in O.J. Simpson's garage. Hilarious. So if you can get headlining gigs being O.J.'s bunkmate. So funny. You know, so, but it's so, but it, you know, I'm more, I, I don't, I don't know, but why do you, I do comedy because I like doing it. Some people do it for the fame. Some people do it for the money. Why do you do it? For the pussy. Okay. Well, that, listen, I, I don't begrudge uh, lesbian comics. <laughs> no, I do it because I love comedy. And one day it would be nice to not live on my sister's couch. So the end game for you. I'm, 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 I'm like a real asshole. I want, I want a lot of things. You want SNL? Sure. And I want to, I want a talk show when I'm older. Like what kind? Like an Oprah type? Like, like Ch- I like the way Chelsea did it. I like Chelsea lately. Right, a good show. I could never get on it, but I mean, I'll, I'll, me I'll neither. Be- I liked her on it, and I liked the vibe. I liked the audience, and I liked that it was for women. But I don't know. I I I want a lot of things. I want to be touring. One of my favorite comics is a. Uh, I like Atel and Bill Burr, and I like Sarah Silverman, and I like um, Bill Hicks. And all these people have left something behind, like, forever and ever. Their comedy was, like, I don't know. It has some depth. So I'm not just there to make chuckles. Like, I also want to say something. And I don't know. I want a lot of stuff. But I feel like I'm just at the beginning. I'm, I just, I am eight years in, but I talked to someone yesterday who's like, did it for 28 years. So it's like, it's so stupid to, I don't know. I still feel like I'm in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Russell Peters is probably the biggest comic in the world, uh, internationally, for sure. Uh, he didn't really get going until 15 years in, it's, you know, and then he blew up. And so it's, I don't think there's, even Ari Shafir, like his stuff is on, he's like every, he's all over Comedy Central. But I think that he likes, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, he's stuck to his guns when I, th- I don't even know the story, but I'm pretty sure Montreal like kind of put him in as a dirty show or something. Cause he didn't have the ability to be squeaky clean when I don't get a college because I'm edgy. I, uh, I say, all right, well maybe I'll get a casino cause I'm edgy. Like, I think that I look at certain people, I was like, that you stick to who you are and what you do, and your fans will find you, and venues will find you, you know? Sometimes I beat myself up because I'm like, oh, why can't I do colleges? But every time I sign a tape out, colleges or agents are like, listen, it's too edgy. And I'm like, how is that possible? It's clean. And even just what I'm saying is edgy. What? Well, will there be a, and I don't know if you can talk about this. I think I asked Nicole, uh, will, will there be like a funny girls tour or is that? I'm hoping. I've certainly like, I, I'll use the word harass everyone I can about it. Anyone with any kind of power, whether it's my managers or my, or the, or the team, the funny girls team, oxygen. I'll, every time I see them, all I do is, when's the tour? Can we do a tour? I would like to do a tour. And what do they say? We're working on it. They're, yeah. They're like, oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, hey, by the way, tour. And I also do this. I go, second season, New York. Yeah, yeah, New York, second season. So I, I have my ways of being um, 
like a pushy, annoying piece of shit, no matter who I'm talking to. I just really want, yeah, it would be nice. Well, that would be interesting the second season in New York because New York is a completely different comedy vibe. Yes, and I like I like I like New Yorkers. I like New York. I love LA too. And I always say this. I feel like it's the same fucking people. We're all just going back and forth. It's just like Tell is here today. He's in New York tomorrow. Don't like Godfrey's here in LA working out at Equinox. Yeah, that's but, right. But like you blink and he's at the cellar. And then you blink and he's at Laugh Factory. It's yeah, the same yeah. fucking it's six they're six hours away from each other. Same thing with Hannibal and Jeff Ross. He's yeah. you know, Jeff has done gigs at the cellar on Sunday and been at the comedy store Monday night. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. M- magical people. But yeah, it's the same people, but the environment is just it's different. And if they want to see people well, I certainly am a, more myself when I'm in New York, I think. Because I tone, I, I, I'm, I'm toned down here. I'm smiling and there's sunshine. You've always been cool, though. I mean, uh, I've never uh, seen uh, an evil side to you. I don't. I don't, I don't wish ill on anyone. Well, I like, do. when I say that, when I, in this episode, I told Stephanie that she's the worst relationship I have. That was true. I'm very close with, like, I don't have enemies. Well, that's a good way to uh, go through uh, life, especially in comedy, because you never know. Even my exes, like the way I talk about this guy that we were fighting with, blah, 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 and he broke up with me. He broke up with me, and I'm still like, I refuse. I could not say a bad thing about him because I just think he's a great guy. I don't even have the ability to like be like, what an asshole. She in the show goes, I, I hate him. He's disgusting. And I'm like, hey, you're allowed to hate him. Again, Stephanie's allowed to have an opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'd love to at some point get you guys on the show together. We're know. tight now. Well, don't spoil anything. You're going to have to watch the show. But I like her because um, I think we're similar. I think that she I think she does have a little bit of an I don't give a fuck attitude. And I'm like. Hey, I I like that. Anytime, you know what? It's authenticity. I think she's an authentic person. Yeah. We can disagree. We can work shit out. And as long as she's authentic, I dig it. Now, a lot of people have been asking me to ask you this. Okay. Comics. And I think people who don't understand uh, what it takes to get on a show. You know, because I think if you're someone in the Midwest who's just a fan of the show, you don't do comedy, you're a farmer, you're like, what is the big deal about playing a certain room? It can't be that hard to get on. How do people get on the Kibitz Room show? Well, I mean, what do you look for? Well, yeah, honestly. I look for people who are really funny, and that's the only rule. That's literally... um, I when someone has something exciting pop up, that's like a good I, I what is it? Oh, what am I people are but, but have you seen Ian Carmelo? No, I don't know who he is. Oh, check him out. Holy shit, this guy's hilarious. And you know what? The kibitz room is like a bar room. So if you're like have like quirky one liners, like you you may not get them, but if you're like 
huge and have like a presence, you're going to get the audience and they're going to love you. There's so many good comics. I mean, like I wish that it was every week. Sometimes I'm like, should I do it every week? And I'm like, no, it's once a month because then I will like I will. I don't know if I can do it every week. I get paid no money. I make no money. Uh, I'm working on trying to get comics 20 bucks. I'm working on doing like a, a donation money in the bucket thing, although it's not like my favorite thing in the world. But I feel like if I can hand comics money for doing my show, I'll be happy. We'll just talk to Mark Cantor, get him uh, to write another Guns N' Roses book. And uh, Yeah, he's his son is or a grandson. I don't know. He comes a lot and, and they're fans. But I think that it's enough. They give me the room for free and I put on the show for free. And I make no money. So there's absolutely just no actual money transactions. But they must make money on drinks, right? They, they do, absolutely. And they give me plenty of drink tickets for all the comics. So I make sure each of them have two drink tickets. If they want any more, we'll talk. Yes, of course. They pretty much drink for free there. And then I want to get them 20 bucks each just as a token. That would Which, be a, that's a goal for me. That's a lot of money in L.A. comedy. For those of you not understanding the pay structure of L.A. comedy, the twenty-dollar gig is like, you know, the you know it's more it's, than what you get for uh, improv and comedy store combined. It is. I can. Well, vouch actually, for that. you know, they make you fill out a W two when you get paid at the improv. They you fill out a W two and then they hand you eight dollars in cash. I know it's crazy. You'll be paying taxes on that. I know it's it's a wacky, but you know, uh, you know, if you do comedy for money in L.A., you'll quit after about two months. Here's how you get on: you email Jacqueline. She's the. But that's your sister. Yes, kibitzroomcomedy at gmail dot com. Oh, you're actually giving. So you're just probably going to get a, at least. Uh, Send your tape, and we sit down and we watch them. Like a YouTube clip. Yeah, anything, and just. Be nice. Just, hey, here's my tape. I want to do your show. Great. Clip. Cool. And we'll watch it. And if you're killing it, we'll ask you to do the show. And always swing by. I get people canceling. I I had so many comics cancel this last month. The lineup was different. Better, but different. Because of the people who were just there. It's like, oh, do you want to do Four people dropped out. And then Nate Bergazzi came. He just did The Tonight Show and killed. And he's amazing. And I love that guy. And I've known him for years. And then I had um, James Davis walked in, who's so funny. And he was like, I was like, want to go up? He's like, absolutely. So he went up and killed. And everyone did, did good. But it was like, thank God he was there because my comics dropped out last minute um so and so had a headache the other person had a show that they were taping which is fine a show that they were taping i have on my a two Monday year an- i have a two-year anniversary coming up when is it because i want to pack this place for you may 25th all right so and know. i would be honored to have you on it oh I w- oh come on i wasn't trying please, to get on the show please do it my boyfriend is like, if there's one person that needs to do your anniversary show. Oh, you know what? I'm very influenced. I I like comedians, but the minute someone like my sister, my mom, my dad, my boyfriend, my friend, who cares, the bus driver starts to tell me that they love this one comic, I listen and I'm like, oh, I'll put them on. It's like if I have a friend who's like an actress and doesn't even do comedy and she's like, you know who I love? I love Crystalia. I'm like, fuck, I have to get him on the show because my friend, I'm like such a sucker to other people's opinions. Well, can I say who your boyfriend's name is? Sure. Uh, 
because I love this man uh, very much. Uh, the great... If you want to know Esther's newest love interest, uh, please, I guess, Facebook and look him up, Mr. Eric Gruber, <laughs> who is not only very funny, I mean... He's very sweet. He's mature. But that's a guy you root for. Like, it's like... This guy should be famous, and, and famous is different to... You know what? He is... He's great, just as a human being. Pleasant to be around. Everyone is, like, two thumbs up for Eric Gruber as a human. Oh, yeah. And I think that he's talented and funny, and I want to see him in a really powerful position and maybe, like, you know work for i don't be like a producer or some or at comp like yeah and help me oh absolutely i mean you might know eric gruber's name because he speaking of controversy uh you talk about a video that went viral uh he exposed a joke thief about uh i think about three years ago that I justice was, was served i was lucky enough to be a uh, participant in the uh, video and uh, for those of you who you can't find it online anywhere, but uh, we, we had a comic in the L.A. scene stealing Mitch Mullaney's not not just act, but mannerisms, everything, Eric. Uh, and this goes to show you what we were talking about. You should be nice to everyone. The only reason this reason reason that this video got made was because this guy was a dick to Eric once at a, a bringer show. And Eric was like, I'm going to get this guy back. Anyone who's mean to Eric is mean. Yeah, if I someone's mean. mean to me, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of a bitch. But you can't be mean to Eric because he's like the nicest guy. And and brilliantly funny. I mean, I I have a hard time watching comedy because I want to do it. Whenever I see him on stage, I watch the full set because he's just. He's really funny and he's just full of anxiety and also says that what he's. He went up to he went up at rock paper and got into a, a bit of an argument with someone because he dropped the N word. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. And I'm like, OK, all right. Like, I can't avoid the most controversial men ever. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> if you're if you look like Eric Gruber and say the N word on stage, you might ruffle some feathers. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking, but at the same time, it was like a joke, and he and he basically called his mom that. Right. And I'm like, all right, cool. Personally, I don't do it, but like, whatever. And I don't know if he's going to do it again. Who knows? But he's definitely, he's bold, and also, what can I say about him that people don't know? See, this is the Esther people want to see, I think, on the show, like... Wow, she was, you could tell you're really into this guy. You could tell you were into the previous gentleman. You know, I think... Uh, well, I have had an issue with men, which is anyone... Um, do you have this, the naysayers? Let's say you're like, I want to have a podcast, and you're dating someone, and they're like, but it would be this, and maybe you shouldn't, and you shouldn't. I have a lot of people that want to put me down or kind of make me feel small or make me feel like I can't do it. And in reality, everyone everyone listening or whatever you can do anything that you put your mind to anything at all and anyone who's like oh i don't know that you should do that or you can't do that or you can't run a show or you shouldn't have this or it should be it's they don't know what they're talking about you need someone who's going to champion you 
And Eric does that. If I'm like, I want to have a, I want to do a sketch, but I'm going to ask Wanda Sykes to be in it. Person A, oh, well, she probably won't do it. You're going to need this, this, and this. Person B, hey, go for it. Find her on Twitter, message her, get it done. I'm just making up this scenario, but. No, I mean, when I, I. You need you have to date someone that believes in you. You also need someone to represent you that believes in you and surround yourself with people that believe in you. Yeah, it's I, so easy to just give up. It is because it's uh, in this business we're in stand up comedy specifically. It's a lot of rejection, a lot. Whether you can't get booked at the Kibitz Room, the Tonight Show, just for laughs. And <laughs> no, I mean there's all levels of rejection. I mean the you know it's the day to day fails. I messaged this guy, oh, can I do your podcast? He was like, oh, we're booked up for months. That's usually the answer that everyone gives me when I ask them for anything. And you know what? You just have to keep on, keep on, keeping on and hopefully don't blame anything. Don't blame the fact that you're this, that, the other, where you're from, who you are, if you're a girl. Just put all excuses aside and just keep on asking well, and I mean, keep on doing the great, I was lucky enough to have the great Rob Schneider as a... Oh, my God. As a uh, mentor to me. And, uh, you know, he saw me at times struggling with uh, confidence or whatever. You know, not getting Montreal. Uh, and, uh, I think a couple shows I auditioned for. And he's like, dude, just become so good they can't deny you. There you go. And it seems like, well, no shit, Rob. Yeah, but thanks, Rob. But it, I think it helps hearing that from someone like him. You know, it's like. It helps know. hearing it. You can't hear it enough. You wake up in the morning. Someone should be whispering, be undeniable. You'll get you can't be denied if you're undeniable. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, you can't hear it enough. And anyways, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're an artist, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like you need someone next to you. That's nothing but positivity. Don't, there's absolutely there's no room for someone to doubt you. There's hundreds of those people when you walk outside your house. But I think it's hard. Uh, you and I, I think, I don't know if I would say I've exclusively dated comics, but uh, I've pretty much exclusively dated comics. And the guys that are fucking doctors or lawyers, ten minutes into our date, they admit to me that they've always wanted to be a comedian. Every man on this planet has a secret dream of being a stand-up comedian, and it all starts coming out when they start dating me. And I'm like, well, there's no escape. I'll just date a guy that's actually a comic. But I mean, do you find dating a comic can be tough from the standpoint of if you guys are I love progressing comics. at a different level? Like, well, I know you love guys, Scout. Uh, who's the I said comics I love men right and I like men comics and I like I like that they're funny and it's a hard business and it's someone that can relate to my hashtag struggle and someone that makes me laugh which is like at this point you have to be like professional comedian to make me like even you know smirk but but do you find it hard? To, have you ever been in a relationship with a comic where one of you is progressing at a faster pace and there's jealousy seeps in? You like, know what? It, there was something where I was, I was climbing up, I was going up in my career, and they were plateauing. Although they were like ahead of me, they were well ahead of me, but nothing was really exciting happening for them. And I'm like starting at the bottom, and a bunch of exciting things were happening, and. 
it was a little weird. It was a little, there was jealousy on both ends. Cause it's like, how can you possibly be envious of me? You've done this, 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 and this I'm dying to do that. Those are all my bucket lists. And I am, a, I'm in a good position, whether someone's much more successful than me or not as successful. I, uh, I don't give a shit. I just really like cuddling and getting that, getting a guy to go down on me. So if you can do that and be a good boyfriend, then we're good. Well, definitely Facebook Eric Gruber and look at that face. He is, I would say, the best I've ever had as far as uh, head goes. Well, I certainly wasn't going to uh, wrap it up on that, but uh, you know, I hope this gets Gruber some followers on uh, on Twitter. I've never done this before, giving out someone's Twitter. Uh, handle that's not on the show but i'd like to i think he is at uh was he e gruber one yeah he needs to post more he does because it's uh he's really he's very knowledgeable about music oh he's just like like if i were a girl i would date him like he's just like he's nice he's funny he's hip he's quirky tall handsome jewish circumcised well that's Um, where you lose me on that but i mean Oh, we're trying to get him. I'm trying to get him to join Equinox. Get him in shape. What's well, expensive? So I mean, you know, it, it's not it's not a budget uh, gym, that's for sure. But it's it's motivating because you're around successful people, and that's why I like it there. Because you know, you see, like I won't say who, because you know, I'm sure Equinox doesn't want me giving out their celebrity members. I saw Wayne's brothers today. One yeah. of them. There, I think the Marlin. Marlin's there a lot, and I think the, uh, but you're around like the most, and this goes to you saying the positivity, and Nicole said it too. It's like you go to Equinox, you're around like, you know, Russell Simmons, uh, you know, Fabio, I yeah, mean, you know, the Winklevoss twins who are like these billionaire hedge fund, you know, they found sure. Facebook or what, so it's like you are you're surrounded by. Well, I, I was actually going for like the muscles on the women and the the toned people like you don't want to go to the gym where everyone's fat you're like oh my standards are low like these people are like in brilliant shape like i'm the biggest girl there Uh, yeah and i'm like the skinniest guy there it's like it's like doing a comedy show where it's like bill burr attell (laughs) jeff ross uh, russell peters hannibal burst and one of us it's like wow we are uh we're uh we got a ways to go and it's like if you think you're a good looking person go to equinox there's many better looking people than did, I, did you know there's only 10 females that headlining right now um i would think there's a little more than that but uh do you think that there should be a few more female comedians headlining the country well here's the thing and i got in trouble recently on uh facebook I'm not like very controversial, but it really bothered me. Then that's why we can't ever have sex. Well, no, uh, one, I could never have sex with you because I love Gruber and I don't do that to my friends. Uh, I, uh, I've uh, had a, uh, you know, experience. Of course, but like, you know. But if you were single, if I was single, you're You're just not controversial enough. Um, you know, I don't uh, know. A lot of people call me, uh, Malcolm in the middle because I never really take a side. Uh, you like hot girls. Um, uh, you know I'm at this. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, you know. Uh, so I'm out. But 
Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you're hot, but I mean, I just, uh, you're like a sister to me. And I think I told Nicole that last week. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could sleep with anyone on Funny Girls. Stephanie's like, she used to call me Uncle Earl because I would like give her advice on dudes and like, hey, you know, probably should stay away from this guy and all that stuff. But I you want know, second season to be me giving her really how to lock a guy down into a relationship. Well, I could see a spinoff show with you two. Maybe Nicole, you know, I mean, uh, but. You know, there was a in regards to your question about female yes. headliners. Uh, there, I was on a lineup recently at the Comedy Store, and uh, I think there was uh, fourteen comics. Two or three were female, and some girls said uh, there should be more women on that lineup. And I mm-hmm. half jokingly said, uh, "I don't care who's on the lineup as long as they're funny it could be 15 guys it could be 15 girls yes and she was uh accused me of being uh not, not racist but uh chauvinistic and that's crazy it should be like when i talk about i talk about just for laughs they have two the fresh faces they have 20 people and two of them are women so i say i feel like i'm trying to get to one of two spots i for some reason don't feel like I'm trying to get one of 20 spots, but in a perfect world, you're just trying to get, you're just, it's just the funniest. That's how I book the kibitz. I, yeah. Sometimes it's all women and, and I don't, I'm like, like, oops, didn't, sorry, not sorry. Like didn't even realize sometimes it's all men. Yeah. I mean, that was Who my ca- point. Yeah. Uh, it's like you just get the funniest. I st- looked at the lineup and said to this girl, you show me one guy in that lineup who should be replaced. And, you know, it was like Michael Costa, Chris D'Elia, you know, just Steve Byrne, uh, me. I don't know how I got Dying to get D'Elia on on the kibitz. I'm sure we'll bump into him at the Knox. But my point was like, you know, you, if Sarah Silverman's on the lineup, then fine. I shouldn't be on it because she's funnier than I am. But, you know, I don't think gender, sexuality or race, funniest people should get on the show. So I agree. I think if there's 20 female headliners out there funnier than this particular male headliner, give her the spot. Sure. You know, I don't, you know, I mean, I think in the years of comedy I've done it, I would say for every 100 male comics, there's 20 female comics. I think that's a pretty five to one ratio that I can see. I'd see less women, but they're definitely more noticeable. Well, that's the pressure, and I think I would agree with you that it's harder being a female comic from that standpoint because if you're bad, you're going to stand out more because there's just fewer female comics. But if you're good, it's a sick. Where you get talked about. Yeah, I mean, like you look at the cast of Funny Girls. People will make their opinions because there's just six of you. Can I just say I think that we have a rock-solid cast. That cast is genius. Well, I mean, I they haven't shown enough of the taller girl. Calice. I'm sorry. Really? No, Scout. No, well, I know Scout. Like, just I think she's great. I don't have an opinion on Calice because they haven't really, to me, and this isn't a critique of the show. It's just she's so far anyway. I think shown the least. I will say this: go if anyone's interested in knowing Calice. Oh please! YouTube her shit. She's funny and she's done Fallon and she her stand up. I respect her stand up like so much. But I mean, like you're shown a lot on the show. Uh, Nicole's shown a lot. 
Stephanie's shown a fair amount. Yamanika's shown uh, a lot. Um, Scout's just kind of uh, recently been uh, on a little more. So, uh, you know. Which I have to take. I have to take Nicole's side in that fight. Nicole, you can talk about being a lesbian and coming off the ecstasy. Well, I mean, I could understand Scout's point of view from the standpoint of if you and I go to the movies tomorrow. I do jokes about Eric in front of Eric. He doesn't care. But I mean, I like, you know, I talk about his freaking medication. He has got like bottles everywhere. Whoa, this is the really we're getting in a more. No, like Polish. I make it Mike I make fun of his Zyrtec and the Claritin, like between the two of us and the Midol and the antidepressants and da, 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 da. like there's so many pill bottles. It's like we are like a walking Auschwitz couple. Like oh, it's it's the, so Jewish. It's a good crowd there at Auschwitz. Yeah, I mean they've like, got a good sense of humor. It was like the first bringer show. It's like, you know, it's crazy. Did you know they had to do comedy in um the camps just like stay alive and have a humor have humor? I was the warm up act. I uh, went on right before Hitler. <laughs> the, really got him going. But but I mean like I understand like if I went to the movies with you tonight and uh I don't know, you you saw Viagra in my car or I don't know, weed or whatever, I wouldn't want you talking about it the next night on stage just cuz you know. Yeah, that's a little weird. There's there's definitely there's something. I wouldn't do that. But for some reason I'm like, I can talk about his pills until he's like, Esther, don't talk about my pills. But I mean I don't think a lot of people know you guys are a couple. Oh yeah, people don't know that. Like I assumed when I saw you at the Gemma but even then I was like, Oh, they just could be workout buddies. You know, I think with uh How do I make it known to everyone? Should I gram well, it? Well, I think uh, you know, you're definitely a couple hundred thousand uh you know or so people will know now but uh so maybe sorry. we'll go to earth cafe like earth with the u earth right on that's on melrose uh, and uh or we do uh we should go we should all go to uh the ivy or go yeah or the palm and we'll go with what's, our what's i i'm we probably do have to wrap it up but can you give me some like fancy like rich rich boy restaurants that i'll make eric take me to well i mean you don't want to make him take you uh have you been to gracias madre uh, i have not i'm a i'm more of a bel-air hotel uh guy uh but you know you're talking uh i took uh a lady friend there uh and it, it, it ain't cheap i mean you're talking <laughs> 300 for dinner what? uh you're talking 20 to tip the valet okay like on a on a casual day she's not that pretty where do you take her um, uh, you know, I, uh, if I'm not really that into the girl, we're just boning or it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, I don't like her as like a girlfriend type, you know, it's just uh, a booty call an acquaintance will hook up friends with benefits, I guess. Sure. Sure. I would take her to, uh, I don't know, maybe like Chen Chen on Sunset Plaza. I mean, you're still yeah. going to drop 50 bucks there. What about like Fig and Oliver bullshit or like. I mean, if I really, really like a girl, I'll, I'll uh, take her to like sushi on Sunset. You know? That's a hundred bucks right there. Uh, and where do like parking. I have a lot of friends that are single and you live in this neighborhood. They want to meet a guy just like you. Where do you like chill to like meet girls? Well, if you're a uh, single female looking for a straight guy who lives on Larrabee, you're going to pretty much roll snake eyes on that one. I mean, but uh <laughs> So, but I mean, I'm uh, I'm kind of a rough person to ask that question to because I'm uh, I'm kind of an eccentric uh, Howard Hughes type. Like the things I do, very few people like. 
like I'll go to an 80s metal concert, you know. Uh, I have a rat shirt on right now. Uh, I will go to uh, the the singer from Rat. Uh, he he'll have a solo show at the Whiskey. I'll go to that. I don't. I wouldn't take any girl to that because they'd be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Uh, so, uh, by the way, it was the uh, highest uh, listened to episode of Inappropriate Earl. Oh shit! Ever. But uh, but getting back to a couple minutes ago, you said did people ever naysayers say? don't do this when i started this podcast i was like i want to interview people from the 80s rock stars actors uh, the cherry pie girl tawny katane people like no one's gonna want to listen like polly um yeah i I would love to have him on because he he was like he lived it i've asked him to do the kibitz room a hundred times well i think he's kind of scatterbrained like uh, (laughs) you know he'll say yes and then forget um you know, he gets probably asked to do so many shows. He's probably doesn't want to say no. Yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Just call uh, the comedy store or whatever. Uh, so, you know, but the genesis of this podcast was to interview my favorite singers and drummers and 80s action stars. And most of them say yes. So uh, I wish I could help you. I wish I knew some people. You're too young. I, you know, you can't. But I li- wasn't even alive. I know. When were you born? 1990. Oh my God! That's well. Uh, Warren's last album came out in '91, so uh, you know maybe you could, uh, you know, get me their uh, drummer or something. 1990. Oh, that was the first. That's the year I first had. Do you have all these people in your phone book? Oh uh, yeah, I, I just would tweet them and like, hey man, I like the singer from Rad. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I'm a. It's it's tough to approach them because you don't want to say you're a fan because then they're like, oh, I don't, I want to hang out with some fan. Right. Uh, but you know, I. Most people say yes. And then when Funny Girls came out, I was like, oh, my God, I know these girls. It's a popular show. I, if I had one girl on a week, it would be great. And well, uh, I appreciate it. I feel like you may, we might have, this might, this actually, this podcast might take our show to the next level. And I appreciate that. Well, I hope so. You guys might take me to the next level. Uh, but I loved, you know, I had you and Nicole on and uh, I'll ask Stephanie, you know, soon. Uh, I'm friends with you guys. and Her uh, calendar is clear, so it Oh, won't be a little problem. singer. Uh, JK, get, LOL. Get, get the uh, JFL. Oh, that's the Just for Laughs ah. festival that's rejected me four times, but that's all right. My callback is on May 11th at the Improv Lab. For characters or stand-up? Stand-up. So go to that. I mean, the, uh, you know, the JFL for you non-comedy fans, it's like the Super Bowl for stand-up and characters. Uh, you know, if you, you went for characters, no, I went for just straight stand up and, uh, you know, uh, I know they don't, there's too many people to call and say, Hey, you didn't get it because, so I have no idea why I, uh, but you know, it's, you know, why I don't you interview Jeff, Jeff singer, get him on your podcast. I would love to. Is he LA based? He's back and forth. I was dealing, uh, you know, uh, several people who were all very cool to me, but, uh, you know, maybe uh, I wouldn't mind going uh, maybe next year for Unwrapped. But that's this is, is about my uh, It's career. not about you, but hey, put it out there. Put it in the universe. Put a a bowl out for yeah, your, you, your, your un, what? Your manager. Put a I bowl of food one. out. F- no, for your future manager. Oh, yeah, right. Your uh, interactive vision board. I, uh, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, you got to like Tony Robbins, see it, believe it, think it, achieve it. Make you know, a list. Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
uh, Rana Burns, The Secret. The Secret. I actually like uh, The Power as well. That was the follow up to The Secret. I mean, uh, you the know, I, you have to if you're a comic. Have it's the pillar of attraction. Uh, outside influence keeping you positive or else. Be you know. delusional. That's the only way you'll make it. Oh, absolutely. I'm delusional, but I think I'm uh, realistic in my delusion. I'm, del- think- I'm delusional, but I'm authentic. Well, you have to be delusional <laughs> to think you're going to make it in this business. It's, it's so insane, and there's so much out of your control that... Uh, Hashem know. is looking over as chosen ones. Oh, JK, book a I'm room? kidding. Oh, so uh, yeah, he the does. Co-booker of Hilarious. Uh, May 25th, Kibbutz Room. Yes. Uh, Two-year anniversary. You LA people, Fairfax, Cantors. It's a legendary. Featuring Earl. Well, we'll figure that out. I mean, I'm, I'm down, but don't It's come. done. It's in the books. That's, that's, see, you're nice to people. You get booked on a show, but... Uh, and it, the last this was this was Eric's doing. Well, listen. Eric sat me down and was like, listen, you want a good show at the Kibitz room? Someone who's funny and reliable, who's not going to cancel on you? I said, yeah. He goes, Earl. Earl's the guy. Uncle Earl. Uncle Earl's the guy in old L.A. But he said, go. whatever you say, Eric, just finish eating me out. I'm joking. Well, it's the I'm last joking. Monday of every month. Yeah. Kibitz room. Cantor's legendary eatery. Uh, if you know anything about Cantor's, <laughs> it's where a Guns N' Roses eight uh the first night who are they uh oh my god just uh well they were the greatest band in the world until one direction shenan well no don't ever <laughs> ever <laughs> that's like saying bill burr and carrot top uh, <laughs> just nothing against carrot top i like that sellout comedy myself hey he's making the most money off of pure stand-up uh, listen i got no uh ill will against scotty that's his real name that's what a comedy uh you know wikipedia man i am but Esther, please, I like to wrap up every show with your Facebook and Twitter stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. What? Uh, where can people? Uh... My Instagram is Esther E S T E R under slash Steinberg, and my Twitter is at Esther K. And I will respond to any kind of positive message. Now, before we wrap up, I was going to wrap it up, but you since you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when two Jews get to kibitz, get at kibitz, uh, and we're in a room. Uh, how do you deal with the negative uh, comments on YouTube and, and about the, you know, on the, does Oxygen have like a comment s- section for the show? Sure, yeah. I usually ignore everything, but if it's on Twitter, I fave it. That's my signature move. You say something shitty about me, I fave it. That's all. I love it. That's what I do. I leave all the bad reviews up. So, you know, it's tough. You, you know, you go on my YouTube thing and I had to put up this really funny clip of my comedy. You know, one guy said, this is the worst comic in the world. And I p- replied to him, thank you. Oh, yeah. The funniest thing, one of my friends, Asif Ali, had a, he screenshotted it. It goes, not funny, curry muncher. He's like an Indian comic, hilarious. And he put that on Facebook. And I like, I was laughing for like a whole minute. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. Not funny curry muncher. So, <laughs> you got to have a good... Uh, I don't even read the comments anymore. I don't think you can because you just... You, there's so many freaks I don't have there. any really horrible comics, but sometimes people are like, how could she do that to Stephanie? And I fave it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you watch the rest of season one of Funny Girls. I have a feeling it's going to get real juicy. It's going to see a lot of. I have a feeling we might even see certain guys pop up in episodes. Like, it'd be like when Kiss put the makeup on the, the reunion. It's like, oh my God, they're in the same room together. So I, I, I know I got some sources on the show. Pretty crazy things are about to happen. Yeah. So uh, season or episode five is this Tuesday, six o'clock East time. Uh, you know, Direct TV, Oxygen Network, and other uh, cable outlets of your choosing. Uh, watch the show. Go on uh, Oxygen.com and get uh, the Funny Girls. And if you want a Funny Girls tour, which I would think everyone does, you know, at Oxygen hashtag Funny Girls tour, please. And go and check out all their bios. So when you listen to this episode, you know who we're talking about. And uh, Esther Steinberg.com. Curly brown haired Jew face. Yeah, Esther's the curly brown haired Jew. Yamanique is the. Uh, 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 let me I'll see. let you deal with that. No, no. Yamanika is the voluptuous uh, African American comic. Uh, Nicole Amy is the. Redhead Jew. Uh, Red haired Jew. Stephanie's the blonde Jew. And a Scout is the lovely. Lesbian uh, Jew. Lesbian Jew and the. Taller. The tall girl. She looks like a fucking model. Right. What's her name? I, you said it like four times. Oh, Khalees. Khalees. Khalees and Scout both are models. Oh, they're beautiful. I mean, there's not an ugly girl in the bunch. Khalees is great. So support uh, Oxygen Funny Girls. Uh, this is inappropriate, Earl. iTunes, SoundCloud. Say something inappropriate. I can't because, well, I think I said cunt earlier on. Uh, well, I want Oxygen to retweet this. So, you know, oh. I'm sure they want, like, you know, they won't be retweeting something. Let's that, say something inappropriate towards, well, I don't know. I guess nothing. Well, uh, let me see. Something inappropriate. Um, well, uh, I, I recently had an audition <laughs> to play uh, white supremacist number nine, and uh, the guy asked me if I would shave my head. I said, sure, if I would get tattoos. I'm like, well, they're not permanent. He's like, no, no, they're hand tattoos. I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. He's like, well, would you say the N-word on camera? And I looked at him and said, and get paid? <laughs> Inappropriate Earl, iTunes, SoundCloud, yes. leave a review. Don't buy my comedy album on iTunes because I stopped paying TuneCore, so I don't get any money from it. And uh, watch Oxygen Network, Funny Girls, Tuesday nights, 6 p.m. Thank you for listening, guys. Sim Simbari, you're next. <laughs>